You're now listening to the Deep Edge Podcast with your host, technology expert Ray Moda, giving you the rundown on telecom, cloud, and all things business and tech. This is the Deep Edge Podcast. Let's go! Hi, this is Aaron from ACG. In today's podcast, we have Ribbon CEO Bruce McClelland joining us. Ribbon Communications delivers communication software, IP and optical networking solutions to service providers, enterprises, and critical infrastructure sectors globally. They engage deeply with their customers, helping them modernize their networks for improved competitive positioning and business outcomes in today's, always-on and data-hungry world. Their innovative, end-to-end solutions portfolio deliver scale, performance, and agility, including core-to-edge software-centric solutions, cloud-native offers, leading-edge security and analytics tools, along with IP and optical networking solutions for 5G. Also joining us is Rick Talbot from ACG, he is a principal analyst covering intelligent transport networks. Now here is our CEO Ray Mota to get it started. Hey Bruce, thanks for joining the podcast, how you doing? Ray, good to see you. Thanks for uh, having me here today. Looking forward to the discussion. Yeah, excellent. And we have uh, Rick also joining us, which is which is good. Uh, so, uh, Rick, if you could tell the, our audience a little bit about your background at ACG and your role there, real quick. Thanks. Yeah, it's great to be here. Uh, I uh, really am focusing on uh, the network uh, towards the infrastructure transport topics but also the control of transport and how that's evolving particularly in the uh, uh, in the access areas and second mile area so that's uh, that's what I'm focusing on yeah that's an important topic and Bruce thanks for joining us I know how busy your schedule is uh, if you don't mind telling our audience before we get into a little bit about your background and how you got connected your journey to ribbon there yeah, thanks, Ray. So, uh, so I've been at Ribbon now uh, well, almost uh, three years, maybe two and a half at this point. And prior to that, I'd spent uh, 20 years at a company called Eris, and we were in the broadband infrastructure, video, uh, video distribution, video processing space, and uh, merged the company with uh, Comscope about three years ago. So I uh, was lucky enough here to, to join Ribbon at that point. And, you know, I've known the Ribbon and the precursor companies for generations. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like like many technology companies, we're made up of a variety of companies that have come together over the years. And in fact, the name Ribbon is meant to symbolize that. It's really, you know, the commonality that weaves through all the companies that have come together to create Ribbon. So while we're not necessarily a, a household name today, many of the companies that make up Ribbon have been household names over the years. Yeah, no, that's great. Actually, I, one of the things I was going to ask you, where did the name Ribbon uh, came from? So that's great. Now, you, you talked about many of the companies. What's the your profile of companies? Is it service providers, enterprise, and any verticals that you attack in that area? Yeah, so about 75% of our business is with uh, carriers, uh, both telecom and, and MSO cable community uh, and then about 25% of our business is with enterprise. So we actually have a nice healthy mix of uh, diversified set of customers. And you know, fundamentally we provide communication technology. Uh, it ranges from very specialized voice over IP processing and security software through to uh, IP routing platforms and optical transport. So we're in a whole variety of different elements of, of the network from communications through to uh, software and and, uh, and delivery of services. 
Yeah, no, this is great there. Now, from a from a product offering, right? Um, are you more of software based, hardware based? I mean, how would you define your product portfolio there? Yes, we have a, a couple of areas of focus. Uh, some of our precursor companies that people will recognize are names like GenBand and Sonus and Nortel, where I started my career back too many years ago, 30 plus <laughs> years ago. And you know, these were some of the original technologists and inventors of voice over IP technology when the industry was transitioning from circuit switch to, to IP. And uh, so we've got an incredible base of technology and specialty around the voice infrastructure, uh, again, both with carriers and with enterprise. Uh, our last acquisition, uh, just as I joined the company about two and a half years ago, was to broaden our focus and specialize, in addition to voice, into data networking. So IP routing, uh, metro and access aggregation, as well as into very high-speed optical communications and WDM technology. So we get a, an interesting perspective across the ecosystem and have leveraged that in new ways, such as building high-performance analytics platforms that you know, gather information and provide insights on what's going on across the network. Yeah, no, you know, it's it's good, Bruce, because I don't know if you've seen it. It's, it's interesting. I, I would say during the pandemic, it kind of helped the telcos a little bit about from an awareness point of view it used to be that people didn't really know the purpose, but during the pandemic, people stayed communicating. You look at business communications. I mean, you just think if we didn't have telco during that, right? All the business continuity that would have been impacted. So I think the importance of telco is becoming a bigger priority, not just to people outside of our industry, but in governments as well, where we're seeing, you know, subsidizing and, and, and funding for connecting these unconnected, not just in the U.S., globally. We're seeing that in a bunch of other areas. And now, like if you look at 2022, the year started out, you know, everything high, but we're seeing some headwinds on macro climate from geopolitical landscape and some macro economics. And are you seeing some of your customers uh, request things like automation, simplification? What are some of the use cases that they're coming to you during these times? Yeah, Ray, you know, you're 100% right. The, the focus on the network, uh, the imperative of the network and how important it is to our lives just went through the roof through the, the COVID um, uh, situation. And in fact, I say, you know, if, if COVID had happened five years earlier, it would have been such a difficult environment. The broadband infrastructure was a fragment of what it was in 2020. The software applications, the ability to leverage unified communications just didn't exist, right? It was an enterprise-grade product. It was not a consumer-grade product. And so I think it really highlighted the importance of the network. What we saw with our customers was almost a step function in urgency around making sure the network infrastructure uh, was scaled to the level of capacity that was needed and the technology was more modern. And, you know, that doesn't happen overnight, but it really increased the focus around the network. It also highlighted uh, the challenges with the current infrastructure and how difficult it is to deploy new services, to deploy new software, and the fact that many of the technologies are are legacy infrastructure and they need to be modernized. And leveraging uh, technologies like cloud-based platforms (laughs) 
is a huge priority. Yeah, no, I, I think that's it's a valid point, and I think we're seeing that. It used to be when I talked to enterprises about digital transformation, it was in one year out the other, there's more slideware, right? But they realized like they're, so they're accelerating uh, of moving, you know, creating more digital assets to their manual process. But from a telco point of view, uh, they need to accelerate as, as well, right? To be able to keep pace. So uh, I think this concept of cloud that you just mentioned becomes an important piece because people tend to, uh, focus on their core competency, right? They're like, well, if we're making these type of products, how much of this could we outsource to a trusted partner in the cloud? But one thing I always argue, maybe because I'm a former engineer, right, is when people say the cloud, 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 I'm like, you know what the cloud is? A cloud is a network. It's the things that connect to each other. And without this proper, scalable, reliable, secure network, a cloud doesn't exist, Right. So uh, in, in that topic, that's some of the things that you offer. Right. You make cloud happen. Correct. Exactly. <clears throat> I, I say the same thing, Ray. I say, you know, cloud, uh, you know, the last time I checked, cloud runs on hardware. So, you know, it's not this, this uh, mythical thing, you know, that sits somewhere that nobody touches. You know, it, it has the same engineering challenges that traditional infrastructure has. And, you know, it's interesting to see the, the journey that our customers are, are making. You know, they've embraced cloud for years for enterprise applications, email systems, ERP systems, things like that. So cloud is not a new concept whatsoever. Um, but moving kind of the core network functions into a cloud uh, technology base and then ultimately from private cloud to public cloud, that is a new migration or a new, um, you know, phenomenon that's going on. And, you know, Rick, when we were at uh, Mobile World Congress earlier this year, of course, 5G is the big theme, but, you know, that's an example of uh, a telco cloud transition that's underway, and it's probably a driver behind what we're seeing today, right? Right. One of the, one of the drivers, but then at the same time, we have the uh, federal funding programs, particularly in the states, and that's driving a, a deployment of facilities out um, into the, at least the suburban areas, to some degree into the rural areas. And that just it kind of resets the landscape for what you can do with things like 5G, uh, also with passive optical networking. Uh, and in fact, uh, you know, I think with y'all's expertise in uh, cloud, that uh, you might be able to bring about the uh, the thing that we've talked about for years and years, and that's fixed mobile convergence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the um, you know the two priorities that I hear from our customers are around mobile mobile expansion, capacity coverage, et cetera, advanced services, leveraging the new technology, and then fiber. It's all about fiber and broadband, and there's going to be more money spent on fiber over the next five years than I think there has in the last 20. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a big, big deal. Ray, for us on, on cloud specifically, um, our traditional voice technology products, you know, we've been on a journey modernizing the technology, moving from special purpose, high performance appliances to NFV versions of mm-hmm. the product that will run on standard hardware and now to, fully containerized, fully cloud-native implementations. And, 
you know, the, the part of that reason is selfish. I mean, it allows us to go a lot faster. It allows us to leverage more uh, technology, more open source, et cetera. Uh, but part of it is obviously serving our customers and providing, you know, lower cost, uh, lower cost to serve and, and just lower cost of, of adding capacity, et cetera. So um, what we're seeing with our customers is, you know, it varies depending on where they're at in their journey. Um, for the most part, again, because of this focus on the network, uh, they're really conscious of uh, the aging infrastructure that they have and the business case around modernizing their networks. And so we have a, a very strong business working with our large customers, making that progress and moving towards, you know, ultimately to a very cloud-centric architecture with their, their traditional voice infrastructure. And we see that with our service provider customers. Clearly, we see it with our enterprise customers. Mm -hmm. uh, we provide some of the, the glue between the online Zoom world or yeah. Microsoft Teams world and the traditional phone network. Yeah, no, this is this is good because I mean I, I think telco cloud is a, it's a hot area, but I think it means different things to 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 different people. And I think you know one of the things we were discussing earlier is the, uh, before we started recording was about you know some some of the telcos have to make a decision. Even some of the enterprise, do I build this myself? Or do I find a partner, whether it's an integrator? I mean, what role do you play in whether it's DIY or partnering and that type of stuff for Telco Cloud? It, it's a it's a really interesting and challenging discussion yeah. for, our, for our customers. Right. Because on the one hand, uh, I think they view, rightfully so, that their added value is, is building networks and right. being really good at building and operating <clears throat> networks. And yet what I think they've found as they moved into cloud and, and more virtualized uh, software, um, you know, that they don't have the same scale and expertise that the true ICPs have. Right. And, you know, some have come to that conclusion and said, look, we're going to partner with uh, a small number of, of close partners that, that, that have that expertise that, that we're going to move some of our network services into, and we're going to get it on the front end of that journey. Yeah. I think there's still many that, uh, that have a very strong preference for building their own infrastructure mm -hmm. and for whether it's for uh, reliability reasons, security reasons, control reasons, uh, they, they want to, they maintain more control. So our job, I think as a supplier here is to meet our customers where they are. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to be able to provide solutions that work in all of those ecosystems uh, at the same time, helping provide the expertise to migrate more and more to, to, to cloud um, I don't think it's black and white. I don't think it's going to be one or the other. I think uh, a hybrid world will, you know, coexist. There'll be a lot of legacy compatibility requirements for a long period of time. Yeah, no, no. I think this is great. I mean, I, I think from that point of view, it's exciting because I finally understand where the name Ribbon came from. I understand more about your product set, also how you address. So, so I appreciate you joining the the podcast. From that point of view, uh, any any ways that customers could get best get in contact with you, our audience? Yeah, so so Ray, we're uh, we're easy to find on the mm -hmm. web for sure at uh, ribboncommunications.com. Uh, a lot of our business is direct, close relationships with our customers. So we've got a broad set of mm -hmm. of sales teams around the world. I think we do business in about 140 countries today. So uh, awesome. hopefully we're easy to find. If not, yeah. you, know, you can certainly look me up. I'm pretty easy to find <laughs> perfect, as well. Perfect. Well, thanks, Bruce and Rick. Thanks for joining uh, the uh, podcast here. 
And we'll give you a round of applause from our audience here. There we go. All right. Thank you again. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Deep Edge Podcast. Make sure to follow Ray Moda on Twitter and LinkedIn at Rmoda. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Want even more? Head over to acgcc.com to access exclusive bonus content. Till next time.